you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The Around the NFL Podcast plays the game of thrones welcome back to another edition of the around the nfl podcast my name is dan hansis and i am joined by a room filled with heroes mark sessler chris wessling and greg rosenthal what's up boys hey dan not just a room full of heroes oh a whole studio oh the studio behind the glass of course we have new money new money what's up la hey guys how are you but also behind the glass Deb and Keith Hansis. Yeah. The parental unit. Behind the glass watching the show today. A lot of pressure. And they don't know this, but we're going to throw it to them for the entire Bucks chargers <laughs> recap. <laughs> I, I know Debbie has some real uh, hot takes on uh, Phil Rivers' uh, struggles with turnovers, <laughs> so we'll get to that. So Deb and Keith behind the glass. Week 13 of the NFL um, Sunday. This is our flagship show. Of course, brought to you by exclusively Mr. Uh, hey, Mr. Flames economics class. This is becoming a thing, this Mr. Haig thing. The Haig, the Netherlands. Maybe he needs to up his sponsorship, and then I will get it right. See, that's called bargaining. <laughs> Delivered a fantastic lunch last week. I'm not sure yeah. what he needs to do next. Bargaining 101. That's in economics. By the way, I don't think we should be nervous. There was someone, I'm not going to say which of us, said that we were, they, were, they were nervous because your parents are here watching live. But your dad, this is the second podcast he's witnessed because he watched our Super Bowl show right. in a sea of people a couple of years ago. That was the, the famous podcast where Chris Wessling ate his softball pants. That did happen. Uh, why did you eat your so- – oh, because the Raiders well, – It wasn't the Raiders. So it was Brian Hoyer starting over Johnny Manziel. So strange. <laughs> so strange. But uh, We should compliment your dad's cornhole ability. Yes. Outplayed Ali Bampuri yesterday. A little bit. <laughs> Threw some corn with Wes and Ali, and uh, Keith held up well. I thought he did very well. Wes was out of his mind. 
Nothing personal, by the way, to Mark and Greg. This was a pure corn two-hour gathering for corn only. Is this any bad? Why would we? Any bad why blood? would we take that personally? No. I, yeah. Well, Mark, you hate corn, so I, no. I, I think it's fair if yeah. you were to outline people to come play parlor games at your house. <laughs> I would not be on your top ten list. It wasn't a beer and suds hangout. It was hardcore corn and, and Greg. I know you know your daughter would be involved. We, you know, yeah. yeah. No, I was at a child's birthday. It seems party, fair, like a romper room. <laughs> anyway, West played played typically brilliant, and um, I will get better from every beating I take from West. Mm. But for now, we turn towards Week 13. And why do we get into it with, <clears throat> to me, the game of the day at the Georgia Dome? Shotgun, Ryan fades. He throws. Enzo picked off. Intercepted. Streak back to the 10, the 15, the 20, the 25, the 30. They will not catch him. Eric Berry again. 97 yards. Softly jogs off the right hash into the end zone. The failed two-point conversion. Eric Berry is a pick six touchdown and now a pick two. John Sadick, Westwood One Sports. Eric Berry was personally responsible for eight points on Sunday. A first half pick six and what you just heard, the dramatic two-point conversion return in the fourth quarter that helped to lift the Chiefs to a wild 29-28 win over the Falcons at the Georgia Dome. Greg, an absolutely crushing way for Atlanta to lose, but let's give it up for the Cardiac Chiefs. The Chiefs? are doing everything possible to earn our respect. And after a while, you have to just say these crazy ways that they win games. That's just who they are. Andy Reid is coaching his butt off this year. He came out in the first half just through wild formations and play calls, and there's Tyreek Hill running the ball. Travis Kelsey's been a bigger factor over the last uh, – four or five weeks really turning to a dominant player, and he was aggressive. He goes for fourth down uh, in the red zone on the goal line, gets a touchdown, goes for a fake punt, scores a long touchdown off of a fourth and one fake punt. And this Chiefs team, they just find ways to do it. I mean, they've got the playmakers in the on their defense that you can almost count on them making these types of Eric Berry plays every week. It's wild. I want to know how concerned we, we called the Falcons last week the AFC, the NFC's secret weapon to potentially deal with Dallas in a shootout the way that they're constructed. I want to know how concerned we should be with their defense after we're talking about the Chiefs as a big play offense. We snickered about the fact that Matt right. Ryan had 10,000 more passing yards and similar number of starts to, to uh, the, Alex uh, Smith on Thursday. So tell us. I think that was more of a guffaw than a snicker. <laughs> it was a guffaw. It was a heavy guffaw. A joyful guffaw. You know, I give credit to Andy Reid and the coaching staff for the Chiefs first. The Falcons' defense is a problem. You know, without Desmond Trufant, it, it's going to continue to be a problem. I don't think they look that different today than they've looked all season, but it was surprising to see a team like the Chiefs go into the Georgia Dome. They were the big play offense or, or special teams or defense. They had more 20-yard plays than the Chiefs by a large margin. So – Alex Smith went deep a few times. He also missed a couple deep throws in the second half. I would have loved to see the Chiefs get the ball down one point or down three points. Uh, I mean, the Falcons get the ball and see if they could go win the game right there. That didn't end up happening because Eric Berry uh, made the play. Let's hear from Eric Berry, who this was his first uh, game at, at his hometown of Atlanta in his seven-year career and also his first trip back to Atlanta uh, since he had cancer treatments two years ago. So uh, what a big game for him in a big spot. The last time I came home during the season, it was to get uh, chemotherapy. So, um, And then this time, it was actually to play the game. So I was just thankful 
for the opportunity. And, you know, I take pride in a lot of things that people take for granted. So when opportunities come my way, I just cherish them and try to make the most of them. Well, in a wide-open defensive player of the year, year field, I bet he starts getting some talk this week after what he did in this game and what he did in the Panthers game a few weeks ago. And he's having a good season. He's their defensive leader. He he is the guy right now, you think, if he gets the ball in his hands, he's the most about as likely as any defensive back to score. Now the, now the pick two that he returned, that's just all speed. He's running straight ahead. But the pick six... He makes a nice move. He has the vision after he makes the play. And we have to mention the guy who threw those two picks. Matt Ryan, you know, plays a good game, uh, but those two picks were on him. It wasn't, it wasn't a receiver making a mistake. It, w- it wasn't anything like that. And, and he had some panic decisions today. It was a rough day for Atlanta. They lost their left tackle, Jake Matthews, to a knee injury. Uh, they saw Julio Jones sit out for most of the final drive. We'll see if that's serious. Mohamed Sanu got hurt on that same final drive. So we'll see if those end up being long-term injuries, but Matthews' injury had an immediate impact. Tamba Ali started getting after Matt Ryan after that play. Well, and this is the month that decides what's going to happen with all these teams, and to lose Trafant was huge. I mean, you look across the way. If you're the Chiefs, you go into – you host Oakland on Thursday night. You want to earn everyone's respect. You win that game, and everyone has to Well, forget about just respect, which they they can earn – they can earn the number one seed in the AFC, yeah. or they can earn the AFC West lead because they beat Oakland. They got the season and, sweep. And, you know, they have my respect off these two wins, these back-to-back wins where they right. had very easily could have lost both these games. They're finding ways. And speaking of the Raiders, let's see how they did on this Sunday. Here they come from all different levels. Cog going to throw a lob right side. Let him out. Cooper's got it. Five down to the goal line. He's in. Touchdown. Seven yarder over the top to Amari Cooper, and the Raiders at last have the lead. Greg Papa, KGMZ, like that call. The Raiders laughed in the face of a big second half deficit on Sunday, roll, rolling up 21 consecutive points en route to a 38 to 24 win over the Buffalo Bills. Who have to be wondering where that truck came from when La- when LaShawn McCoy, LaShawn McCoy finishes with close to 200 yards from scrimmage? The Bills should win. But B- Buffalo became the latest team, Mark Sessler, to learn how hard it is to beat the Raiders this season. Yeah, it was really it was a t- it was really a tale of two games. And I I looked at the first half and I saw it as Rex Ryan just flipping the bird to every single person that says you don't belong as a head coach in this league. He was absolutely was it at you at all? Uh, largely at me. <laughs> I mean, I, I felt that it was aimed at myself and others. But I mean, the way that they came out against Oakland on the road in Oakland and powered over them with their running game was a statement-type operation in the making. But then it wasn't just 21 points. It was 29 unanswered points by the Raiders. And you could see it starting to form at the end of the first half where Oakland really had been somewhat dominated, where Carr in under 30 seconds drove the team for a field goal that the offense woke up. You know, he had about – he was was held in check in the first half. Then in the second – the second half, what you started to see was the Raiders team that we're used to. Too many weapons, too many big plays, and a Buffalo defense that started to crumble. And a Raiders defense led by, you want to talk about another defensive player of the year candidate in Khalil Mack. The AFC mm. West has a couple wow. of them. Rowan Von Miller. What a game by him. And they shut down Buffalo three straight punts, three straight three and outs at one point before Khalil Mack hit 
Tyrod Taylor's arm nudged it on a pass in the fourth quarter that wound up going right into the arms of Nate Allen for a turnover that essentially ended this game. And Khalil Mack later had a sack um, and a strip and a recovery where the ball magically found its way right into his his stomach. And He's it, got a real chance to win. Second game in a row where he ended the game with he, a strip sack. He's winning games on his own yeah. almost. And, you know, this is any questions about Derek Carr and his finger? I thought Carr looked great in this game, Mark. I don't know if you, uh, if you agree with me on that. I didn't see anything uh, in terms of being limited by that. He had a, should have had three touchdown passes, but Michael Crabtree dropped a gimme in the first half. So Carr still looks great, and they're still uh, finding ways to win, and that offense, when it gets revved up, is very dangerous. He looked fully healthy to me. Uh, you know, I, his troubles early on had to do really with Buffalo, I think, on offense just setting the tone. And But the Raiders, you cannot, you have to hold them down for four quarters. They are currently your number one seed off of tiebreakers in the AFC. And I understand that their defense is giving up a historical yards per play amount. I don't really care at this point. Their two. offense makes up for it. They're 10-2. Yeah. Well, they, we're getting so used to these comebacks that it's almost like, oh, the Raiders did this again. But they, they have lost 72 straight games when trailing by 15 points or more until this game. So that, that this is the type of stuff that now they, they pull it off and we're just like, oh, that's the Raiders being the Raiders. And they still won by two touchdowns. I, I got to ask, hey, can we have a game that's a more than a one-score game? I don't know if they that's got it done for me. Yeah, I mean, that's Carr's 10th fourth quarter comeback in the last two seasons, and it's not a fluke. There's nothing about the Raiders on offense that are a fluke. It's crazy to think they showed – their, their GM and their front office up in the booth in the second half that we rightfully, I think, four or five, four seasons ago, wanted them flushed out of Oakland, but they have drafted well and developed talent extremely well. By the way, Marquette King, come back to us. Oh, I like that thing where he, dan- uh, where he threw the penalty flag. I'm a big fun. Marquette King well. fan. In fact, I wrote a, an end-around post saying he was the – Best thing to ever happen to punters. And Pat McAfee himself came after me in response. Calm down, Pat. Uh, but Marquette King gets hit late in the game, a roughing the kicker, picks up the flag, does a dance with it, and then spikes it to the turf. Hey, Marquette, you're a punter, buddy. Slow down. That's all. Just know your role. With Gronk injured, this is the AFC's best offense, I think. I'd agree right now. Yeah, I, I agree. There's no cupcakes left on their schedule, though. At Kansas City, at San Diego, hosting Indianapolis, then at Denver to close out the season. How about Buffalo? What does it look like for them? They have three straight home games. Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Miami, then at New York Jets to close out the season. This loss, though, I they you'd have to say they have to run the table, and a lot of other stuff needs to happen for Buffalo to squeak in. Right. They, they're going to have to need to run the table, and they haven't shown they're a team that can do that. I think on some level they're showing the limitations of having the best running attack in the league because they have the best running attack in the league, and yet they're still just a, an okay offense. Now, if they, had a, if they had a good defense, a, a better defense, a dominant defense, it would work, but that part of the equation is not good enough. Statistically, the best running game in the league. I would, I would take Dallas's over anyone's. I would That's too, fair. but I'll That's say LaShawn McCoy has been absolutely phenomenal. They, they didn't know what to do with LaShawn McCoy in the first half of this game. He is Offensive player of the year caliber. They might be the toughest to prepare for, kind of like the Panthers were for, for a few years. I mean, they throw a lot at you, and it works. By the way, Dad, behind the glass, how sweet would it be? Sid, if it passed the headset over. How sweet would it be if uh, the Bills needing that win, if the Bills needing that win in Week 17 go to the Meadowlands and get some revenge after what happened last January? I would love to see that. I would love to see the Jets punish them. That's all. That, I mean, that's all the Jets fans have to live for now is spoiling it for Rex right. the way he stuck it to us. That's actually a nice thing to live for. I mean, that would be a sweet end to an awful season. And then if you really want to stick it to him, you trade Ryan Fitzpatrick back to the Bills. Yeah, give him back. 
I don't know how that would For work. what? Really? Like a bag of spoons, maybe some napkins, some used napkins? Keith has had it with yes. Ryan Fitzpatrick. I had it with Ryan. That's it, you know. <laughs> All right. We'll check back in uh, with Keith and Deb. Let's move on uh, to, oh, nice game, Detroit and New Orleans. Matthew leans in. He's got it. Back to pass. Pressure comes. Sets goes right second. A man wide open. It's Golden. Inside the 35. Golden cut left at the 30. It's a foot race. 20. Golden 10. Golden 5. Golden to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Added up. 66 yards. Golden Tate continued his second half resurgence. That was Dan Miller of WJR, uh, by the way. And the Lions defense did a tremendous job keeping Drew Brees in check in a 28-13 win over the Saints at the Superdome. The Lions scored on seven of their nine drives. Uh, that included five wow. field goals and two touchdowns and forced Drew Brees into three interceptions. The last was, uh, you know, didn't matter at the end of the game, but still Brees was not himself uh, in this game. Detroit has a two-game lead in the NFC North with four to play. West, do you believe? Yeah, I said a couple weeks ago I did not respect the Lions. They have been lucky this year. They have been losing in every game. I respect them after this win. They earned it. They outplayed the Saints, it seems like, in every way. They were bogged down in the red zone. This game could have been a blowout, but they settled for four field goals in the red zone. Yeah, we. Oh, no. <laughs> what is that? that what mean? on earth was that about? Well, uh, I've misplaced our prices right drops, so <laughs> this would be our, uh, hey, we didn't lock. Oh, we're not going to oh, lock that's it right. up two in a row. We're not... All right, who failed it? I, I, I locked it up. Oh. oh, no. See, you went with your heart. <laughs> you never go with your heart. I, you know, I had gotten. I mean, three, it's an three ugly or four start. in a row. It was, I would say, arguably, no, well, hands down, the best lock segment we've ever done. So that's an ugly beginning to uh, our recap of that. We went four for four last week. Anybody that didn't notice, I was hoping maybe some magic and go for four for four again. But right off the bat, we're over one. Well, you should have put this game later in the show. Well, we can still raise, salvage you know, build the drama. Yeah, we might be able to salvage the the, the locks today. That's I just think a, so. Well, there's, there's no salvaging this Saints season. They're done. You know, they got forked at 0-3, but, you know, everyone in this room picked them to win this game. Yep. We we all felt confident, and, you know, I thought they could win in a laugher. And for Detroit to put together a performance like this uh, says a lot. You know, they didn't have Marvin Jones. They're still going to have people coming back from injury. And sometimes when you pile up wins or you get wins even when you're not playing well, you can be a different team by the end of the season. I think the Bucks are an example of that. They got some wins early when they really weren't very good. The Titans uh, won a game or two early, maybe before they were really ready. Now the Lions are in a position where they're in the mix for a bye. Yep. That, that's where we're at. They're, I mean, I, yeah. I think they at 8-4, and four, you got it. You have to respect them. And Golden Tate is a major reason why their offense um, has been able to move at all in the second half. They've had their, their problems uh, in the last several weeks moving the ball the way they did at the beginning of the season. But Tate has really emerged as their true number one. This He did this with Marvin Jones not playing at all. Marvin Jones was injured. So for Tate to go for 8-145-1 and, 145 and one in this game on 10 targets, that is a money performance mm. in a big spot. Do they need to just, you know, reverse who who actually suits up, keep Marvin Jones out of the game one week, Golden Tate the <laughs> next? Because they don't seem to function yeah. together very well, but they both the number, they're both great receivers. It's a fair thought, Mark. And I mean, Drew, it's, coaches would disagree in Detroit, I'm imagine. The kiss of death by the old Zeuser was bringing up Drew Brees in the uh, <laughs> the MVP conversation because at 5-7, and seven, New Orleans is uh, basically out of the picture. And Drew Brees in a must-win game uh, throws three picks and no touchdowns. Sorry to the fantasy owners that needed him in a big spot today. So the Saints, sorry, guys. Headed to their uh, third straight losing season. 
Sean Payton signed through 2020. Just and he ain't going nowhere either. Worth putting that out there. I mean, they might not have a losing season technically, but they're out of the You game. don't need to have a winning season to get a contract, you know, re-up in this league. That's what we've Good tease. Very good tease for something later in the show. Lions likely to go to 9-4. and four. They host the Bears next week. Wow. Then on the road for the Giants, on the road at Dallas, and then closing home against the Packers. Ooh, if they go that's two fun. And, if they go two and two the rest of the way, the Packers have to sweep to take the division. You know what? There's a, all these teams in the mix play each other down the stretch. We're going to have a really good final three weeks. Here's a nice interconference game with two playoff teams involved. Shotgun snap. Ben steps up. Rolls right. Directs traffic. Throws it down the field. The pass will be in the back of the end zone. An unbelievable TD catch by Antonio Brown. Wow. Ben spreads the needle right between Jenkins' hands. And how A.B. came up with that, man, what a catch. Bill Hillgrove and Tunch Ilkin. Whoa. That guy's name is Tunch Ilkin. An old uh, offensive lineman from the 80s and 90s. Great center. WDVE with the call in the battle of the class of 2004 quarterbacks. It was Ben Roethlisberger who owned this day, throwing for 289 yards and two touchdowns and leading the Steelers to a uh, 24-14 win over the New York Giants. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. We'll get to that in a second. New York Giants who saw their winning streak snapped at six games. Chris Wessling. You've told us countless times winter is coming for the Giants. In fact, let's hear what Wes said on Thursday's podcast predicting this game a Steelers victory. In a big spot? In a big spot! An 8-3 team on a six-game winning streak? I'm going to look it up! <laughs> do you have the slow motion? Oh, like of course one. I do. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> And a peak moment in podcast history. Wes, uh, you nailed it. Uh, at least for one week, the Giants looked like a team that was ready to go for a slide. Yeah, you called this a matchup of two playoff teams, not realizing Hopefuls, that, I that winter has arrived. Winter's here. Winter, and the Giants, winter's here. And Giants, I just don't know. They don't have the offense. They just don't have the offense. They were thoroughly outplayed in this game. They lose Jason Pierre-Paul to a groin injury. They scored seven points in the first 59 minutes of this game. And those seven points came after Le'Veon Bell fumbled inside the Steelers' 20-yard line, wow. setting up an easy screen pass to Rashad Jennings for a touchdown. Eli Manning looked terrible. Uh, two turnover prone in this game, some bad decisions, some misthrows, some underthrows, and I still think his arm isn't right. Hmm. How about uh, the arm of old Big Ben throwing to what's been their best deep threat the last three weeks. Little guy by the name of Ladarius Green, our old making-the-leap buddy. Six foot five, 250-pound guy's a little guy? I'm just saying. <laughs> he's kind of come up out of nowhere here the last few weeks. I mean, he's making vertical plays. Better That's late a big than addition. Never. They lose Marcus Wheaton and Darius Hayward Bay to injuries. Sammy Coates has been playing special teams with two, two broken fingers. They don't trust him as a receiver through that injury. So Ladarius Green is emerging as that second fiddle to Antonio Brown. Well, you could call him a third fiddle since Le'Veon Bell is going to lead all running backs in, in receptions this year. Le'Veon Bell, 35 touches in this game. My goodness, uh, close to 200 yards. So they're getting every in, every bit out of him. Uh, you wonder if he, he could wear down at that type of pace. Yeah, fortunately, he's he sat out September with the suspension, so right. his legs are kind of fresh. But they've been running this offense through him, a lot more screen passes. And I, and I think that's helped with their fewer sacks and fewer turnovers of the last month. I was going to ask, because we saw against Cleveland, 
three or three weeks ago, whatever it was, and recently they've used him so much. Is it a similar game plan every week, or is it just we're going to find a way to get him involved no matter what it takes? I think this game was a lot more pass-heavy in the first half, and once they got not only a, a comfortable lead but realized the Giants' offense just didn't have it today, they just decided to pound away with Le'Veon Bell. You can never duplicate your lock-it-up call from Thursday. The next time you're just going to be like, I'm going to lock it up. I mean, you have to go <laughs> yeah. full tilt whisper go or something way. completely go, new. You can't go higher. Can't try. So you got to kind of go in a different direction. I, I, I trust Wes's uh, his abilities here. He's a showman. Sport. It came as a complete shock that that was the most uh, Twitter feedback I've ever gotten for any segment. Uh, I mean, on Saturday, every time you pick it. up your phone, there is not only people you know, you know, know, putting out videos and new versions of the Beats. video and audio, but just pictures of Wes closed in on his face, shouting. I mean, it hit, hit big. You know? This is where I, I put it up Friday morning. Uh, <laughs> as of this taping, 1.5 thousand likes, 402 retweets, and 175 comments just off that tweet right. alone. There were many other comments and tweets based off that tweet. I think it was just pure organic joy from Wes. <laughs> and how about that, that that it worked? That you were right and that the winter was coming. I mean, this is you a know, man to listen to. By the way, Wes wasn't the only person to go lock of the week in favor of a team facing a team riding a six-game winning streak. Flacco again drops the throw. Pass complete. Near side. Pyramid 40. 30, hits the accelerator, 20, he's gone, 10, 5, touchdown Ravens. Rashad Perriman, and that's the speed we heard about when the Ravens made him a first-round pick. <laughs> Get that man some tea. Jerry Sandusky, WBAL. Joe Flacco had his way with the Dolphins secondary all day, throwing for 381 yards and four touchdowns in a 38-6 romp of the Miami Dolphins who saw... Oh, yeah, lock that up. Come on, Dolphins. What did I say, Dolphins? I said you could get all excited about your little November victories and your little parade that you're throwing for yourself after a six-game winning streak, and you too, handsome Hank. But you got to show me that you could do this in December, win games in December. And I'll tell you what, 38-6? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll take this. And you know what? I, I, plenty of Dolphins fans listen to this podcast. I don't like that they're unhappy on this Sunday night. Well, you like it a little bit. But, right. I, I was sort of rooting like for the Dolphins, if only to save your you know, floundering relationship with Handsome Hank. I was going to say, what, what portion of this has to do with actual football and what portion has to do with the heat between you and Handsome Hank? This was... Listen, that's Hank and I. Our relationship is now at a crossroads over this. However, uh, this this Dolphins game, uh, this was this was coming for weeks, and and now we'll see if they can bounce well, back from it. Back. Why was this coming? Be I mean, this was the most surprising scoreline of the day right. to me. Well, I'm not surprised answer. that not, not to not to not to a seer, Greg. Let's hear it. You asked, I'll answer. Because the Dolphins, to me, for all the success they were having, and six game winning streaks are great. Uh, it seemed a little bit misleading. Some of the games that they were stealing, they weren't winning. They weren't blowing anybody out hardly. They were get just getting by, and it seemed like that this was not a team that was going to roll to 11-5 and five or something. I, I never really believed in this team. I know they have playmakers on both sides of the ball. I don't think this is a bad team, but I thought that they were going to come down to earth, and this was exactly the type of game that Miami fans did not want to see because they were blown out from the very first uh, drive of this game. And their secondary, which is a major problem, Joe Flacco's had a dreadful year, and when he's picking you apart, that you got to be scared about what's going to happen the rest of the month. Hashtag findings. Findings, bro. 
but down there to the left. I mean, that's what's surprising is the Dolphins, who have been a good defense, a good defensive line, gave up that many points to this Raven, this lousy Ravens offense. 27 completions by Joe Flacco in the first half, the most by any quarterback since Tony Romo in 2007. Wow. Why did they keep throwing the ball as much as they did when they were romping Miami? It's a good question. It's a fair question because the Ravens want to throw the ball every down, apparently. They don't trust their run game at all. But the Dolphins' zone defense left the middle of the field wide open. Their linebackers were terrible in coverage. And Joe Flacco's ball placement was perfect today. Why wouldn't He you? was on point. Why wouldn't you throw constantly, even with a lead, when you can't run? They actually ran okay. Um, they I, run okay me. all year. Yeah, like they. But if, if Baltimore cannot – if a Miami cannot stop the pass and can stop the run, then, you know. I, well, right, I hear pass. you. It's just that in game after game watching the Ravens, it's like no matter what situation that they're in, they're totally averse to running the ball. And I don't know why there would be – this wouldn't have been one of the better opportunities to to do that. Well, 38-6, though. Late in the third so- – Perfect performance by them. I, I'm just saying, yeah. when do teams run the ball? When you're up by 20-something points they're you know, late in the season. Quibble, that's all. They're up 24 to nothing, and late in the third quarter, they've got six runs and 40-something passes. It's, it's, I think it's a fair question for anybody who's been following this offense all year and realizing how imbalanced they are, that they can run the ball, they just don't show any interest. I mean, they in fired so. their first OC because of it. Not that the OC should not be happy with but today. You should. They got your boy Brashad Perriman in the mix. They did. He had a big play, 53-yard touchdown, as you heard on the highlight reel. You got Dennis Pitta is back in the mix. I right? think that was purely a matchup thing. Really? He was killing <laughs> he, the linebackers. It was like all a day. flash. It was first his first touchdown. He had two of them. His first since 2013. Uh, you know, I don't know what the. I don't put too much like stock personally in the comeback player of the year battle. But from a guy coming back from two major hip surgeries. Yeah, he's got to he, be in the mix. He's a part of their offense. Yeah. Today he was the biggest part of it. Speaking uh, of offense, the Dolphins' offense can't can't be allowed to get off the hook in this one either. It was a tough matchup. The Ravens are very stout at home on defense. But their only score of the game was an eight-yard touchdown to Devontae Barker after Dennis, Fib- Dennis Pitta fumbled on the eight-yard line. It wasn't even a drive. It was one play. Well, the the Ravens are a scary team, and they're going to be playing the Patriots next week. That's going to be an interest, a really interesting game because we've been talking about this offense, a little bit of a sleeping giant, or at least a sleeping average-sized man. I mean, they got some talent, and this is the number one defense in the league, according to Football Outsiders metric. It's the number one run, rush defense they've ever recorded. Now, part of that is, is who they've played against, but they they have some real strengths. And here we are in December, and the Steelers are bombing some team that was in the playoffs going into today. The Ravens are bombing some team that was in the playoffs going today. And I'm thinking... I wouldn't count out both of these teams still getting in and being right in the mix to, to make the Super Bowl. You've got the Patriots on the road. You're home against the Eagles. You're on the road against the Steelers and Bengals. You say they're scary. I think they are too. But what do you think the real ceiling is in terms of this season? I think The they, Ravens? The yes. Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. I agree. I mean, I don't think it's that crazy in, in this AFC. I trust, the schedule's I tough. I mean, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to win in Foxborough, win in, you know in Pittsburgh in the regular that. season. The, to I get mean, the there, team that won that. the Super Bowl was imperfect too, right. so it's I, not crazy. I trust their defense as much as any defense in the NFL this year, and their offense, I've thought all year, has more potential than they've shown. Little interconference action between two playoff hopefuls. Rivers in the shotgun formation from the 31, takes the snap, looks upfield, still looking, still looking to his left now. Throws the ball toward the end zone, near sideline. It is intercepted, picked off at the two-yard line by Keith Tandy. 
Tandy with a pick at the two. Gene Decker off WFUS. Buck safety Keith Tandy had the Bucks' biggest play of the year. An interception at the two-yard line with three minutes to play to help preserve a 28-21 win for the Bucks over the Chargers in San Diego. That's four straight wins for the Bucks, who are suddenly tied for first place in the NFC South uh, with the Falcons with four games to play. Greg Rosenthal. Bucks didn't play a perfect game, but they closed out a Chargers team that will be remembered for its inability to close out anyone. It's unbelievable. Oh, I, what is that? Oh, just give me a second here. Because the, the Chargers, it's over now. Oh, it's over. Well, they're you know five and seven. You never know. They could they could run. The Let deal. the bit ride. Let's see. <laughs> it's over. So let me just sing this. Son. Superchargers San Diego Superchargers It's for you, Deb. (laughs) I think it's comforting that there probably must have been multiple times that Dan's parents, when he was a small boy, alone in the corner of a room facing the wall would sing yeah. songs that would have, you know, the parental units very concerned. So right. it's have, come of it. And have cats all around the neighborhood you know, howling. Yeah. Something's good. Something positive uh, has come of it. It was a nice song, uh, but it, it has a sad meaning. When I sing that song, that means the Charger season's over, Greg, and it might be the last chance that San Diego has an NFL team, so a lot of bummer news around the Chargers. Oh, it's over, and it's such a shame because this – San Diego fan base deserves better. If this winds up being the final team that plays in San Diego, it almost seems fitting yet cruel how much heartbreak they have piled onto their fan base this <laughs> they year. They really have. Every fourth quarter, it, you know, not every fourth quarter, but practically all these losses have been from the fourth quarter. It's amazing how much they've been outscored in the fourth quarter games. In this one, 11 to nothing in the fourth quarter, and and credit needs to go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have found something in their pass rush with Noah Spence and Gerald McCoy. Even Robert Ayers getting into the mix a little bit today, and they've definitely found something in Jameis Winston making plays late in the down. You know, I'm thinking about their go-ahead touchdown in this game, thrown into triple coverage to Cameron Brait. Then they go for a two-point conversion. Joey Bosa has Jameis Winston dead to right. He makes Joey Bosa miss, slides over, finds Mike Evans for the two-point conversion. You know, he hasn't been perfect. He makes some crazy plays that can be picked off, but they got something. I mean, they're beating good teams Every week now. Where are you with the whole sandwich thing that you had? The 18 sandwiches tied to the the Bucks. It's looking a little better. I if the season ended today. Why do you keep saying that? Because you went after oh, me yeah. that you didn't like when the season ended today, and now that's the third it was, time. It was just a funny, you know, just a little <laughs> bit. We do bits. Don't take it personal. Uh, I would get it's those personal, sandwiches. Buddy. I said the Bucks need to be one of two teams from the NFC South to make the playoffs. As of today, they are the number six seed, and the Falcons would also be in. So they're in this thing. They got a tough schedule, though, too. They got the Saints. We're not there times. yet. It was a month ago that we were asking if, if Dirk Cutter would necessarily be back next season. <laughs> right. The Saints and Falcons each play the Panthers and Saints. I mean, the Bucks and Falcons each play the Panthers and Saints. The Bucks also play the Saints a second time and, and at Dallas, whereas the Falcons' other two games are at the Rams 
and hosting the 49ers. Sure, and it, but we've been giving this schedule analysis for a while now. We talked about the Chiefs. Well, their schedule's coming up. You know, it's tough, but they win at Denver. They win at Atlanta. Yeah. We talked about the Bucks even after they got one of these wins. I think it was the Bears when they blew them out. And we're like, well, you know, it's nice. They, they got close to a winning record. But, you know, now there goes at Chiefs versus Seahawks at Chargers. You know what? They just won. I mean, we got to fill it? the show with something. Great. I mean, no, no. I'm not pointing. Provide analysis. No, no, no. I'm, not, I'm just saying but they've right. shown they can win Is it games. possible when we try to break down the schedule of the upcoming opponents that the gap between these teams just isn't that great. I 100% agree. The, the More than ever NFL in our lifetime. is so close together that there are very few true upsets. Well, and I Bucks think like two example. or three weeks ago, it was making me very upset about the wide berth of mediocre play, and now I'm just celebrating it. Hey, right. Just wonderful do? at this point. I mean, just like, go with it. the Bucks have real weaknesses. Their offensive line was played terrible. That's why I give... You know, Winston a lot of credit for surviving through it. They lost two of their receivers today. They were down to three wide receivers, and one of them was Freddie Martino, who led the wide receivers in catches because Casey Hayward absolutely shut Mike Evans down in one of the better really? cornerback Hayward has been great year. for a while. What a pickup he's been. All right. I, I, I just hate that. I, for the last point yeah, on these charges, I just hate the, the way this has happened, too. For two games at home, Rivers – throwing back-breaking picks. Uh, you know, it's, it was kind of, you know, Rivers knew it, too. He went to his knees bad and put, throw, his, the last it, one. put his head, head in his he hands. The it, first pick six was kind of bad luck, but it was really on Rivers there. I think we know what's happening here. Like, it's a very slow cook project by Greg, but he's clearly going to write a novel bemoaning the move, the ultimate move, probably to Los Angeles, and, and the, well, a, a giant sports book about how tough it's been for San Diego before he moves his family in retirement down to San Diego and be hailed as sort of a quasi-mayor of the town and a, and a friend of San Diego. Good job, Greg. Greg is a big, he plays that chess. That sounds awesome. When, when, Greg, when you talk about Greg in life, he's a chess player. That's what we're seeing. He just moved the rook. <laughs> you know who else is playing chess? Uh, our old friend... Uh, your boy in the desert. Oh, Spice well, Rack. Spicy. spicy. Melvin Gordon, I think he's nine yards away from 1,000. So next week we can Nothing can stop him now. Celebrate. Barring an in-practice injury. Melvin Gordon's a top five running back right now. He is oh, come unbelievable. On. Did we agree right that Spicy? We've got, more top five, we've got more players in the top five <laughs> of anything. <laughs> I don't any care. This so. year he's a top five running back. All right. Back. Well, Dan's put LaShawn McCoy in the offensive player of the year race or whatever. <laughs> You got David Johnson. I resent your or whatever, but David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, McCoy, Ezekiel Elliott, McCoy, Demarco Murray. No, Gordon's ahead of Murray. No, he's not. Now he is. No, let's move on. Um, Let's see how the Green Bay Packers did today against the Houston Texans. Rogers shotgun slot left. Snap to A Rod. Looking around, good protection again. Scrambles left. Lost to left side. Jordy White up the Jordy Nelson. It just outside the north end zone. 13-7 Green Bay. I don't know about that A-Rod stuff. Wayne Larravee and Larry McCarron of WTMJ. Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson are making it look like the good old days, and the Packers are making their playoff push following a 21-13 win over the Texans at Lambeau. Oh, we locked it up. That's three out of four. Mark Sessler, process of elimination. You're the man. I am. Well, and it's, yeah, I mean, continue on. Yeah, I'll just say, Mark, the weather wasn't great, but uh, and neither was Rodgers' hamstring, but Green Bay is now in a second-place tie in the NFC North. Yeah, there, I thought there were three teams in this. There were the Packers, the Texans, and the Snow. 
And Ooh. I mean, the snow played a, a role. It, snow. I, you know, I, I thought at first it wouldn't because. Who came in second? Oh, the snow came in second. What's the nickname of the snow? <laughs> if it, snow is like the city, what's the the snow what? Whitey. Snow Whitey? <laughs> I don't know. Flakes would have been a good one. Flaky? Yeah. I mean, none of it seems snow appropriate. Snow Whitey. Snow Whitey. <laughs> but listen. Good year for Whitey. You, you saw it with the minute they cut to the game that the snow was already <laughs> falling, and you thought, well, these players, they're used to this. They've done this. It really did seem to take it, it did seem to take a major role because it was the slippery kind of snow, not just the one that's kind of melting away. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers was one of the few people in the game that seemed sure-footed no matter what was happening, but there were there were players slipping all over the place. And for me, this game really both offenses were in trouble early. Green Bay as you think they would at home at Lambeau found a way to get the passing game going in the second half with, I believe, a 98-yard drive on a one-touchdown drive, which is the longest Aaron Rodgers scoring drive since 2009. And they followed it up one, one drive later with an 89-yard march that put this game away. As soon as, as, soon as they, put it, they got a 14-7, to though, you knew it was over because the Texans' offense, as advertised, was an utter comprehensive disaster. I am tired of watching this team, and they, A, they could not really do much on the ground. It looks better in the box score than it did. They had a couple drives where they were able to sustain stuff with the run, but Brock Osweiler, I don't think he even attempted a pass more than once in the first three quarters, more than 20 yards downfield. He's got receivers oh, dropping. I can't believe it. And that, that sound bite is him today. I, this was a tough watch. I mean, both offenses struggled, but the Packers are the better team. They got it done. I cannot believe this Texans team has a chance at the playoffs. I don't think they will because there's a three-way tie atop the South that the Colts beat the Jets, mm. and then the Colts and the Texans play next week. You know, is it, are we getting to the point – and we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks, but I know our friend Tom Savage was inactive today with some type of injury. And an arm infection. At what point is Brock Osweiler going to lose this job? Are they just going to stick it out? I, I mean, I think maybe unless – I think Brock Osweiler's butt. We do melting. hot butt Great. for quarterbacks now, yeah, too. Yeah, sure do. Yeah. Now it seems appropriate. I mean, Savage right, was do. in the hospital with an arm infection, and your other option is Brandon Whedon. So your security is the people behind you. Is Brock Osweiler better than Brandon Whedon? I think it's a fair question. I because I don't he's think I, I don't think he's better enough where you make that switch and you aren't in the same situation and you've just got a much bigger political issue to deal with because you bench Brock Osweiler. I mean, does anyone trust Brandon Whedon? No, but no, I, think, I, I think Savage is the guy they'd go to. I Tom Savage is real. Tom Savage is in the hospital, so what? I don't know. You know, it's not happening today. I think what <laughs> illustrates how bad Osweiler is is that Whedon came in last year. With no basically no reps in that system and won a game for them, and we can't even expect Osweiler to do that. Marcus Grant had a good uh, tweet of the fantasy team at us. Uh, he said, uh, "Can we hear that Tom Savage drop against it?" Tom Savage is real. Dot dot dot. Sick. In the hospital with his real injuries. sick. Gotcha. Yeah, got it. Nailed it. Excellent snow analysis by you. Going with the particular kind of snow. You know the Eskimos have 50 different words for snow, right? But they don't have a single – they don't have a general word for snow. It's always like a different kind of snow. That seems like a time waster for them. Uh, but <laughs> I, I I am so happy that I got a snow game. It's my favorite type of football. You have don't turned, tell Claybon. You've turned fast uh, on the Packers now. You're kind of uh, – it Like I said, for the ride. I, I lost my battle out crying mediocre football. 
I'm now just married to that and enjoying it. And I lost my battle that Green Bay wouldn't sneak into the playoffs. Well, they're going to, and I'm just going to. They're, they're still back. They're going to do it, and I'm just going to. I'm along for the ride. You're releasing yourself. I just, it's a nice way you, to look at you things. You can't like control it. this stuff. Yes. All right. They, they could be in the wild card mix instead of uh, the division as well. Put them in the AFC South. Let's uh, check in on a certain AFC superpower. Brady's under center, out of the eye. Fourth and inches, a give to Blunt, runs it right, bounces it outside. First down and more, right sideline, 35-30. Blunt to the 25-20, Blunt to the 10, Blunt to the 5, Blunt to the pylon. Reaching across, touchdown, Patriots. Yeah, boy, that's blunt force charm off the right oh. side. This is a great job sealing the edge, and we've seen it all year by number 29. Got to be kidding me with that blood force trauma stuff. Great. Seems logical. Bob Sosi and Scott Zolak at WBZ. LeGarrette Blunt's pretty touchdown run was a sign of things to come as the Patriots looked every bit the superior team. A 26-10 win over the Rams at Foxborough. Tom Brady had a quiet but efficient game and became the winningest quarterback of all time, passing Peyton Manning with his 201st career victory. Chris Wessling. Gronk is gone, but the Pats still have the playmakers to make a run, right? Yeah, a more methodical uh, run-heavy offense in this game. A lot of short passing. About what we expected when you take away Gronk, who is the who was the NFL's leader in yards per reception this year. They don't go down the field without him. Brady still did pretty well. I think the story of this game is, is the Rams, though. If you want, if you are trying to sneak Jeff Fisher away from the Rams, lure him away, can't do it. He's locked up now. <laughs> Got to lock it up. He's locked up. Nobody else can get him from the Rams. Eight straight non-winning seasons. How Got to lock ha- it up. How did that happen? They go into New England, and at the end of the second quarter, going into halftime, the Patriots have run more plays than the Rams have total yards. Mm. That's insane. It's not ideal. Mm. Uh, I think with the Fisher <laughs> extension, since this is this is our chance to talk about it first time, he confirmed after the game it was signed in the offseason. I think that's a huge piece of context to have with the yes, information coming out now. I There's also been multiple reports, not, not from us, but there's been reports out there from a local paper and a national, you know, national outlet, ESPN, that he could still be fired after this season, that, that the end of this season is what's going to matter. Stan Kroenke paid billions of dollars for the Rams. He's not going to change – his course because they tacked on one year to Jeff Fisher's contract. Yeah, I mean, teams all over the place are paying multiple fired coaches. I don't think it changes anything from a billionaire's perspective, but we talked about the Rams getting into PR issues last week for a whole different reason. They cannot get out of their way from a PR angle. This is how do you release this news today? It's it's diabolical it to leaked, put on right? your fan base. I mean, it but we were talking about this in the preseason. They thought they it happened probably, in the preseason. They were probably trying, avoiding avoiding this moment all season as a, as a, as their year started to take a dark turn. Uh, but yeah, the context is everything here because if you signed him to the extension yesterday, oh okay, then he's safe this year, maybe next year. But everything's different knowing that it was done before what has been a really bad season and a season where they're not winning and also they've looked bad in multiple spots. And they, I don't know if they've looked any worse. Their season opener was an embarrassment. Today was on that level. Hmm. And Jared Goff is not an upgrade on Case Keenum. He, he's, he didn't get much help today. They had a few drops, including one that turned into an interception. But he couldn't move this offense. And some of – I know that the, the Patriots sent a lot of pressure and they didn't always block well. 
but some of his pocket presence was embarrassing in this game. Well, I, I read something that John Lynch said during the broadcast. You know, Belichick said they were going to send a lot of pressure at him because Goff is seeing the pass rush. That they've, you know, they've noticed early, and that's a common thing for a young quarterback, that his eyes are down. He is seeing that rush come at him, and, and you know, I don't know who they play next. Basically, every opponent the rest of the way is going to follow that blueprint until he can prove, it prove looked, otherwise. It looked like the preseason. He looked completely baffled and bewildered on several of those pass rushes. Isn't it part of the what gets packed into the fact that you waited this long, for better or worse, to start a yeah. rookie, where other teams are so deep in their scheme that defenses have been adding layers and layers to their pass rush and their coverage all year long, that golf is going into New England? Did we expect – I mean, this was – the results statistically are, are unbelievable, but the result score-wise does not surprise me at all. He's played three – he's started three games now. He looked really good in one half of one game in New Orleans, and it's been pretty much a, a train wreck everywhere. It, it, it's early with, with Goff. I think evaluating the team is a little – is more fair to me. But as, as, a, as a Pats fan who did not get a chance to watch this game closely – You're going to treat yourself tell, a little later well, this week. Tell, yeah, I'm just going to sit back, you know – Crack open uh, water with a little cranberry juice. Added oh, get in. wild, Greg! Very and uh, Very see, come on, man, you're a family man. I mean, Malcolm Mitchell with a with another big day, Wes. And tell me that I shouldn't get at least a little excited that Shea McClellan and Kyle Van Noy seem to be kind of the guys they're going to be rolling with. I, to be honest, I would have to watch this game closer to tell you about <laughs> Kyle Van Noy and Shea McClellan. They were going against Jared. And Jabal Sheard had, had a day. They, they were going against Jared Goff, so I wouldn't get too excited. Greg is going That's their full guys. villain. That's their guys. Uh, I mean, Dan, one yeah. thing. If, if someone came up to you, so Tom Brady, I mean, win number 201. Yes. That is a remarkable achievement. If someone came up as you were leaving tonight with your dad, Keith Hansis, and said, by the way, just going to let you know I'm from the future, Christian Hackenberg is going to break Tom Brady's all-time win streak. You would know that the next 20 years of your life would be utterly beautiful, not unlike the last 20 years that Greg has enjoyed. It's a great thought. Um, but And, you know, as, it's as, a great cra- achievement. as crazy as that seems, it's roughly as probable as the sixth-round pick at 199 overall going on this run. Hey, listen, you know what we're going to do? Uh, the, the, I see Dad behind the glass. What are we going to do about Tom Brady? I mean, it's... You can, you you can hate on the guy, but he he's the best ever. He's the best ever. And the fact that yeah, I don't know if my ha- hashtag slight regression is going to work out. I think it will, but I don't know. Eighteen touchdowns, <laughs> nineteen looks, touchdowns, one interception. You can just I mean this season it's not working. Out. Science. Just roll it over into two thousand seventeen. Well, you know I will if I have to, <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But the fact that he's still playing so well, who knows how many more wins? It's, it's outrageous, Mark. That I that this is something. It's, that the Hans's home has been subjected to. My my poor mother. Much De- less New York. Let's get Deb on the headset now. <laughs> hey, Dan. There's Debbie. Hi, Mom. Uh, what's it been like? Um, you met Dad in 1972? Yes. <laughs> and so you've known nothing but jet failure uh, for, like, almost 40 years. Well, I, I've tried to focus on positive things <laughs> on Sundays. And you've heard things that you should have, you cannot unhear over the years uh, in the upstairs play area where my uh, my dad and I have watched games, and Kevin, my other brother, there screams guttural sounds. Right? It's amazing the wallpaper is still on the walls. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I, think boy. I didn't notice that. Hey, Dan, too. That was nice. Are you are you, are you going after Wes's seat, Mom? 
<laughs> I bow to the master. All right. We're almost done, Mom. I know this isn't the type of analyst you're way into. We only have a couple more games left. Well, uh, I do just want to mention, though, that the uh, your singing ability comes from your father. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Let's move, in and che- move on and check in on the defending Super Bowl champions. Bortles takes a snap. And hit as he throws the ball. Picked off. Bradley Roby's down the sideline. He's going to the house. Roby with the pick six. And Denver just like that with a huge turnover and score. That's the second pick six of the year by Roby. Dave Logan, KOA. As expected, Blake Bortles was no match for the Broncos defense. And Paxton Lynch stayed out of the way in a Denver Broncos 20 to 10 win over the Jaguars. Mark, the Broncos had barely 200 yards of total offense and still doubled up the Jaguars. What does this tell us? Well, it tells us the Jaguars are heading towards a massive reorganization. But from a Denver side, I feel like we on Thursday kind of called if we were going to draw up a game, we thought we might see it was sim- not too far from what we saw today, where when you've got Paxton Lynch in there, who you cannot trust to take over the game. And he certainly did not. The Jaguars' defense was not awful, but but the Broncos' defense did what it needed to do. It generated turnovers, and it generated points off turnovers, and it, it, the script went exactly as a Broncos fan could have hoped. They they basically hid Paxton Lynch, and you get back to Simeon next week. That's what that's what a good team does. They did a nice job of it. That, Perfect that all timing, makes, the opponent here. Right, that yes. all makes sense, but I would think a, a Broncos fan who at this point is in it for titles – uh, it has to still be concerned that a, oh, yeah. you know, they couldn't run the ball yeah. very well, and b, it'd be nice to see your first round quarterback, you know, be able to do a little more, right? I think so too. I, I, you know, listen, they, we're just killing Jared Goff. You know, if Jared Goff did this, we'd have pitchforks out for him. Yeah, I just think that they, they, they allowed or the strength of the team picked up the slack. The run game has been an issue ever since C.J. Anderson went down. And, you know, today Capri Bibbs played a bigger role at, at points than Devontae Booker, who finished with 1.9 yards per carry. Booker is not having a good season. Sometimes, back to Lynch, sometimes we hear before a player's career starts that he'll need a year in the season yeah. to, get a, yeah. to get used to it. And we heard the same thing about Paxton Lynch, but that all got sped up when their quarterback issues propped up. Maybe this guy's just not ready yet. They need to season him more. Well, give him a I think this offensive line is going to be the death of this team, and it kills the running game, and it kills their quarter, young quarterbacks. I mean, and there's, there's been no improvement. Tell me if it was any different today. Well, look, at, I, it's, it's not a win that was an impressive victory. It's not, it's, we're not looking at a Denver team that's surging. They're not even they're, they're maybe the third best team in their own division. So they've got issues. They've got an upward climb to get where they were last season. That's not going to happen, I don't think. And uh, there's a report out there this week uh, on Sunday morning that Gus Bradley is in deep, deep trouble uh, after the season, which we could have deduced ourselves. But how sick are, are Jaguars fans for, uh, of hearing this after the game from their quarterback? Oh, it's the biggest nightmare possible. Um, but, I mean, what are you going to do about it? You can't sit there in a corner and pout. You can't, you know, blame people. You can't feel sorry for yourself because all, I think all that's going to do is affect the way I play. You know, you, you got to win. You got They got to win. I got to throw it better, and we got to make plays. You know, that's really all it comes down to. We didn't do enough of that. Are we getting to the point where Blake Bortles – should be worried about his job security next year. We got to that point a month ago, at least a month ago. He has now started 41 career games, and he's got more pick sixes than he has victories. I mean, that's an amazing stat. (laughs) 
He's got more pick sixes they, than victories. They can't enter the offseason with him as an unquestioned starter. I don't think there's it's, it's any question. It's crazy how far he's fallen. This is one of the right. most most surprising young quarterback seasons I can remember. Josh Freeman's fall from grace you know, comes to mind, but I don't think the expectations were as high going into his third season as they were for the Bortles. Warning, the thing with Bortles, the warning signs were there with him as well. A little bit, but not Numbers like this. Numbers were inflated. He, I mean, his teams lost, uh, were still losing. But he did a lot of he good things. totally different yeah. quarterback last year. He did good. Like, he did those wow plays, and you don't see him. No, I mean, the, their big play element, which even if it came in garbage time, it still came against NFL defenses. They were... He was, you know, piling up yardage and touchdowns where the point you thought if the rest of the team, the way they thought this offseason did, would grow around him, Blake Bortles was going to become a star. And now it's like you got to wonder how many games he'd even start next I mean, season. I mean, they've got Alan Hearns on a huge contract. you got Alan Robinson. Their leading receiver today was Neil Sterling. <laughs> hey, Neil. Neil Sterling. He's a tight, he's a tight end. He's an accountant. It was a good a tight thing end. for the Broncos because the Dolphins and Bills lost. Right. But they don't have any gimmies on their schedule. At the Titans, that's their easiest game mm. remaining. Home to the Patriots at Kansas City, and then home to the Raiders. Whoa. This is fun. It's going to be fun. Greg's getting excited. You're the schedule guy, by the way. How about Wes kind of getting into territory? Picture. I'm not, oh, about, no, no, I'm no. not the schedule guy. I, I don't get into permutations I'm the playoff or picture guy. That's Greg. Oh, you just picture. go hardcore. I'm only looking this at is the what's schedule. coming up. Right. Greg, more of the playoff picture. Yeah. Greg tabulates. Important. I can't do that. So many roles. So, such an important. What is yours a distinction with the schedule, Mark? Oh, I'm just giving, I'm kind of just letting everything be, as I mentioned. At this point, I have no extra, don't give me any extra duties. I'm taking, I'm getting rid of responsibilities. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't even know there was a schedule. I thought teams just like You're in my out of a hat every Saturday night. Let's move in and check out a uh, game in the NFC. Palmer to throw, has Johnson to the right. He's got some blockers inside the 20, now to the 15, outside to the 10, 5, touchdown Cardinals! 25-yard pass play from Carson Palmer to David Johnson. He is remarkable, and he gives the Cardinals a three-point lead with 11.09 to play. He certainly is. Dan Hoard and Dave Lapham of WCKY. Lapham. Why Lapham? David Johnson's second touchdown of the day put the Cardinals ahead for good, and Patrick Peterson's interception ended Washington's last chance at a comeback. A 31-24 win at the University of Phoenix Stadium by the Cardinals. A game that's uh, you know too little, too late for the Cardinals. Um, and I think that was my boy Tom McCarthy. He oh, that was Tommy Mack? Yeah, he's the Phil's play-by-play. Oh, how, oh, I totally botch it. You're right. That was Tom McCarthy um, of Westwood One Sports, Sydney. That's why you get the big bucks behind the glass. Uh, that's why they call me new money. New money, that's <laughs> why they call me. Uh, yeah, too little too late for this Cardinals team, but uh, at the same time, uh, it shows you again, they, you've seen some hints of why this team is so good. Wes, David Johnson... We keep on talking about who is the top five running backs. Anybody, if he's not in your top two, I'm not talking to you ever again. I think that's fair. Yeah. He should be in your top two. And I know Greg hates this award, but David Johnson's the perfect guy for the Offensive Player of the Year award because his team isn't going to make the playoffs, so he's not going to be in the MVP race. He's the Andre Dawson, Hawk, 1987 Cubs. There you uh, go. That's a good comparison. Give the MVP. This is a stupid award. The MVP should be the offensive player. No, it makes sense. Well, if you want to award someone that was a monster stud on a mediocre Then call that the award. Give that award. Not the best offensive player. Because how could you be right. the most valuable and not be the mo- the best offensive player? Assuming offense. Y- you are right, but it's good for agents and it makes people money. 
David Johnson's True. on pace for 1,340 rushing yards, 940 receiving yards. My road. And 20 <laughs> touchdowns. 20 touchdowns. 2,300 20. yards from scrimmage. And it seems like he gets better every week. Masked inside an awful season. I, I think he could be a slot receiver. That, that he could not play running back. You could just line him up as a slot receiver, and he could do that. If you, you, if you're you sounding want, dangerously I, close to the, the, uh, the color analysts. They're like, that guy's a football player. You put him on the field. <laughs> yeah, but he's not a receiver. He's a running back. Put some so shoulder they, pads on him, and you tell him where to go, and he'll make plays. You don't, you're not impressed with their uh, analysis. Well, no. We've been down on the color guys this year. It, for, that way. for what it's worth, you know, we're, we're saying in the middle of a dire season and it's too it's too late for them. You know, just to raise the point, they are only half a game back of the Packers, who we just are saying are in the mix. I mean, crazier things have happened. They're going to have to run the table, and I don't believe it will happen. This year, I, I don't believe it will happen, but I don't think the season's ever over until you get that seven next to your game. game behind in, the in Redskins, lot, who, we, who I mean, the Redskins on Thanksgiving, I couldn't wait for them to go play Dallas again in the playoffs. Oh, Redskins. This- no, go ahead, Wes. This NFC wildcard race is wide open. Yeah. They're now 6-5-1, and one, the Redskins, and they fell behind uh, the Bucks and Falcons, who are both 7-5 and five for that final playoff spot. Um, one point, uh, biggest play of this game, by the way, fourth and one at Arizona's own, at their own 34-yard line, nursing a one-point lead late in the fourth quarter. Bruce Arians shows some onions, big onions from Bruce. Uh, in a season where you know the, we've haven't we haven't had enough good Bruce Arians moments, he decides to go for it on fourth and one from the 34, and David Johnson busts a 14-yard run uh, that leads to a deep t- touchdown pass from Carson Palmer. That was the difference in this game. Walla Walla is a big onion. Uh, giant sweet Spanish onions are good, uh, and a red zeppelin is a big uh, red onion. All right, buddy. Uh, and uh, so, yes, calm down, farmer. A big, a big, big game, a big win for the Cardinals. I guess keep their flickering playoff hopes alive, but I just don't think they're going to be able to string. And and Redskins, you know, I haven't really been on board for about fifteen, sixteen years now. I finally get on board, and this is what they do. You know, I I was really about you, Greg. I'm really surprised they lost this game. Aren't you? I don't yes. know. I just we we were kind of. I thought the Redskins were. Well, it's that big middle roll. again. They weren't that much worse than the Card or better than the Cardinals, and the Cardinals were better at home. Yeah, we shouldn't be that surprised can't that the Cardinals can, can come right. out with a good game. You know, David Johnson's got an outside chance at the all-time yards from scrimmage record. Whoa. What's the he's record? 2,400? Yeah, he's going to have to pick it up a little bit. But Wait, it, didn't Chris Johnson have 2,503 or something like that? He, he's got to pick it up a little, but uh, that's the kind of range he's in right That's now. what the Offensive Player of the Year award's for, bro. You can break that record. An award Greg would like to strike from existence. Now let's hear from Dan Horde. 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 And Dave Lapham of WCKW. Dalton back to pass. He'll throw it into the end zone. He's got the football. Touchdown, Bengals. Andy Dalton with a great throw. And Tyler Eifert went airborne to haul it in for his third touchdown catch of the year. Andy Dalton showed us, showed us it is possible for him to put together a big day without A.J. Green uh, throwing for 332 yards and two touchdowns, including that 13-yard hookup with Tyler Eifert. The Bengals rolled to a 32-14 to win over the Eagles, uh, who are dead in the nest, Wes. Another <laughs> team dead in the nest. You asked us Thursday where we, where we are on Carson Wentz, and we didn't seem too worried. I saw some pictures today of his throwing motion and how it's regressed 
Mm. from August to September to October to November to December, and it's very Bortles-like right now. Yikes. That's a, that's, that could be why a guy like Hugh Jackson said, I'm not going to take a chance on this guy because coming out of college, a lot of people did say his throwing motion was too long. Oh. You love it, Mark. Admit I it. Do not you love it. it. I don't love it because, A. I know it's in your mind. But these quarterbacks – this, the narrative and wh- how they play changes to such a vast degree right. outside of five to seven of them that let's talk, you know, let's talk next year at this time. Wentz could be fantastic. Right. I think you see the effect of a long season and a bad offensive line and the fact that Paul Turner is his number one receiver right now and and you don't have much of Paul a run, running game. Wendell Smallwood is, you know, getting most, small? most carries on the team. I think credit goes to the Bengals. They're a three-win team who put together scoring drives on their first seven drives, I believe. That was the first time that that's happened in the last 170-plus games. I mean, this Eagles defense deserves just as much blame as Wentz. Did they switch places with the Packers during that Monday night We thought this was a good defense, and they're not a good defense right now. I mean, Cincinnati dominated a game offensively on a day where Jeremy Hill had 33 yards on 23 carries. That three and yet they seven straight drives they scored. That 3-0 start for Philadelphia now seems like a work of fiction at this point. Can I, Wes, on the, on the Wentz thing, one question. When you watch him, I feel like one issue with Bortles is there's major mechanical issues, and no matter what he's tried to do to fix them, he can't find a way to fix them. Some of these quarterbacks do improve mechanically. I mean, I isn't it a little... A little early at this point to be freaked out about Wentz? I wouldn't say freaked out, but I think it's a legitimate concern when that was a concern coming out of college and why some teams didn't like him as much. And I think he does have a similar motion. I thought that in August, in his first preseason game, I thought his motion was way too long. And he seemed to fix it. Doug Peterson did some work with him. I think it's fair to wonder, just like with Bortles, how much is he going to backslide Maybe he'll work harder than Bortles. Maybe he'll go see guys in the offseason. Bortles didn't see anyone this past offseason. I think they're good reps, though, to get. I know it's it's rough right now for Wentz, but I think it's all good experience. That It's a po- it's positive to get to get all these reps. Mechanics concern me more than just like a, a, a stretch where you're turning the ball over a lot. Yeah, yeah. Mechanics really concern me. Hmm. Let's move on to the game of the week. 35 seconds to go. First and goal at the one. The Bears have entered the Dr. Pepper red zone. Always one of a kind. <laughs> Here's the take of the handoff. Jordan Howard into the end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Bears. Tied at six. Point pending with 31 seconds to go in the first half. Jordan Howard's in from the one. Uh, Sid, we will rule that out of the top ten. Because whenever you put in a blatant corpo plug in the middle of the play-by-play call, it's not the Dr. Pepper's end I mean, that is – I'm sorry. That is if offensive. Yeah, you could you could say after you come back from break, oh, and now the Bears oh, – They do are, this stuff all the time. They're it's coming. Ridiculous. They're, they're going to be in the red zone here. Of course, it's the Dr. Pepper red zone. You know, fine. But not in the middle of the play call. Right. <laughs> come back to us, <laughs> Jeff Joniak of WBBM, now, which I know it's coming from upstairs, Jeff. Yeah, he's just doing not, his job. You're not, you're not the guy that's in, in charge of this place. Everybody's got corporate overlord. I mean, everything everything has a sponsor. We're beholden now. to no one. It's like <laughs> the Dr. Scholl's, you know, stick measurement. I mean, that's fine. It's just it's too many doctors. Call. This whole beholden to no one thing, yeah. enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, that's true. Enjoy it while it lasts. That's just saying corporate overlords will eventually get to you. Look at you coming from experience. Is this a little your, your history at the post office uh, coming out? 
That's what corporate lord, overlords do. They have a long arm. Wesleyan's PM mail delivery, sponsored by Dr. Pepper. <laughs> My PM mail delivery was sponsored by Bud Diesel. Bud Diesel. Jordan Howard. What is Bud Diesel? Budweiser. Bu- Straight Budweiser. Oh, Not uh, the light. You don't Bud drink. Heavy is what I uh, knew it as. Yeah, same thing. You don't put water in your beer little, ever. little Bud Diesel. Don't, don't do that light beer stuff. Greg wants his water with cranberry food coloring <laughs> added to it. He's <laughs> cracking one open for his Pats win. Jordan Howard ran for three short touchdowns, and Colin Kaepernick broke fantasy hearts across the globe with an epic dud in the Bears' 26-6 win over the 49ers. Kaepernick... Uh, who entering Sunday had put together a string of very strong uh, performances and Niners losses through, uh, this is the stat of the day, guys. He threw for four yards and was sacked five times before being benched. That's never happened before, to get sacked five times and throw for less yards than the number of times you were sacked. That's a signature benching. Whoa, this game did not, this entire game, and this is a game we will admit to the audience, weren't watching too closely as a group. <laughs> I was. But I was, I was tracking it as a good host should. This game did not have a completion on either side until midway through the second quarter. My goodness. But the Bears uh, made some plays. Matt Barkley led them on a touchdown drive right before the half. They followed up with a couple more quick scores in the, in the third quarter, and the game was over at that point. Uh, Wes, you predicted a blowout in this game, so this kind of went the exact opposite. I'm an idiot. I mean, I'm – No, Wes, don't beat yourself it was up. Ray, it was snowing. You couldn't Well, you didn't know the that. weather, right? Well, I, I will say that it, seeing how this game turned out, I don't feel like I need to watch it on Game Pass. It's the first game all year where I've decided I just don't need, to, I don't need to see it. All right. well, it's not going to tell me anything. Well, you might want to see what Vance McDonald's two catches for nine yards look like. I mean, how sexy. I mean, there was, they only had one completion. I guess this, this isn't too surprising when Kaepernick only had one completion period. They only had one completion over six yards. For the game. I mean, to be what? fair, at one point, the whole game. They, I mean, Chip Kelly came out at one point. The, Carlos Hyde had 17 rushes, I think, before right. Cap threw his fourth right. pass or something. Right. They were just all running from both teams early. And the real takeaway is your Browns uh, are at risk of of losing that one seed. That's if why they get I was a, watching. Get a win I, here. You know what? Talk about another thing you cannot control or get stressed about or sit right. up in the middle of the night over. What? Who knows? Oh, you, you get the number one pick. There's a ton of pressure on him. The guy fades, and it's another, you know, please. Well, I did some research. <laughs> I looked to see who's got the strength of schedule so far, and right now it leans towards if they were tied right now, the 49ers. Do you have any positive news to bring to us? Well, I'm really testing Mark's new zen-like ways. Well, I, it's <laughs> not positive or negative. It's just the truth. For you, it's negative. Well, let's see who the Niners – can we look real fast? I know. Have? I looked. I don't, yeah, the Niners no, – the, I don't, all right. Well, our, our listeners it's nice don't and know. dramatic, but whoever gets the one or the two pick, just it should be known that there's not an Andrew Luck in this draft. It's not like it's a suck for luck. No, but what if there's the next Lawrence Taylor? And then the guy after that gets Joe Fabitz. I mean, that's where we're going with this. Who's Joe right. Fabitz? I don't know. <laughs> to your so, point. Exactly. Someone you'll never hear of. To your again. point, you never know what's a number one pick. Eric Fisher was it's the not number one, one of those pick. Years Genevieve Clowney was a number one pick, and Khalil right. Mack went four picks later. I like Clowney and all, but. 49ers yeah. have the Jets. That's I don't. That's no. The Jets could win that up. game. Number one, Falcons, Rams, and Seahawks. So the uh, you look at the Jets they got two and the Rams and win. say, huh? Maybe. Yeah. They get to play Jared Goff. Yeah, they got a chance in that for sure. That was maybe they're only. They, you know, they sweep the Rams this season. They go two and four. John Fox right now is just you know screwing up the draft pick for the next coach. Hmm. Wes, Jeremy Curley had an 18-yard reception in this game. You might want to plug in on that. I actually want to see how many starters Matt Barkley is better than. 
He didn't have a completion in what the first average ten yards per attempt. Twenty five minutes of this game. He, he, was, he was better in the second. It, half to his credit, I think one. he was zero for two midway through oh, okay. the second quarter. I mean, a very strange, ugly game. I'm taking Matt Barkley over Brock Osweiler right now. All right, let's move on. And that takes us to Sunday night football. Dan Hansis has left the studio with his parents. Go say goodbye. Have some quality time before they get on a plane. We also wanted to warn the listeners, our soundboard has died since this Sunday night game ended, so we have no sound drops for this part of the show. You know what that means. What does it mean? Mark, you get off scot-free. No song. And, you know, we heard before – we heard from Sid that it was the fantasy podcast. It was there in quotes fault mm. that the soundboard crashed. Well, thank you, fantasy friends. <laughs> well, this this game, it's not that exciting. 40 by the Seahawks. 40 burger they dropped on the Panthers uh, who only get a touchdown in the game. And yet it doesn't feel that exciting for Seattle because Earl Thomas leaves the game uh, with a lower leg fracture. I, I We talked about this during the game. And Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor are the best safety tandem in football this year and for the past half decade. You talk about that Pete Carroll cover three defense. Earl Thomas is the key to that secondary covering the middle of that field. So that's a big loss. And it came on a play where he makes a great play. It's like the type of play he's been making all season. Such a fluke injury. I'm thinking back to just three weeks ago at this time. He took out Rob Gronkowski with a big hit. And and th- that's the NFL in the three weeks since then. Gronkowski's now out for the season with an unrelated injury. Earl Thomas, who knows how long he's going to be out for it. Emotional on Twitter, he tweets about retirement. Hopefully that was just in the heat of the moment. We don't know if we'll see him again this year. But they haven't had all their stars together on defense at the same time. And it sounds like they're not going to be able to. I think it reminds you that these teams like Oh, Dow- Sunday night. <laughs> wow, Sydney. <laughs> What a that was a surprise and what a voice that was that was amazing that came from La Cid much better voice the than the listeners Dan. expect a certain level of you wow know, quality that was I feel that like was Mount Rushmore level performance yeah Mark you know you know maybe I not, can't even be upset about right, that. I was gonna say you can't be upset normally you wouldn't enjoy that but that was a delight maybe we should just make that be our thing every <laughs> Sunday night I like it La Cid singing new money is the songbird of our generation. Statement. I understand why Mark does get annoyed sometimes because I have no idea what he was talking about now. I yeah, well, no, that. I was going to say that these teams that <laughs> that lose these players, the Patriots, the Seahawks, that you have to have depth to get through December and through January. And there was a graphic they showed, what was it, 25 players on the Seahawks are undrafted. And it really doesn't matter where they come from in Seattle, the way they're coached, the way that it's a meritocracy, that you have to earn your job no matter who you are. That said, we saw what happened against the Bucks last week when the Bucks did not have, or when the Seahawks did not have Earl Thomas or Michael Bennett. They're not the same defense. That wasn't the entire issue in that game, but Earl Thomas is a huge loss. Well, I can, I can sense uh, some discussions we'll have over the next month about Seahawks, Cowboys, maybe as these two teams lead up. And, and I'm, I'm kind of in the corner where I'm always going to believe that the Seahawks are going to do it, that they're going to get it done. And it's just part of their DNA. It just is that they have stink bombs, that they'll have three or four games during the season where they just don't show up, which is bad. But I, I see this team tonight, and I see the general trend of their offense in the second half of the season, and I see a team that I, I would be really surprised if they don't finish out this last month very strong, and that, to me, they're the, going to be the team to beat in the NFC. Thomas Rawls ran like a man possessed tonight. That's a great sign. The, the, 
I think the offensive line is a concern. And, oh, yeah. And you see it in a game like Tampa Bay where the interior is exposed. And then you see it in a game like the Arizona tie where the tackles are exposed. It just depends on the matchup for them. And and this wasn't much of a matchup. To see a Panthers team that was 15-1 and one last year just not show up for this game. I mean, we've seen some bad Panthers performances this year, but usually they're competitive. Usually they're close. I feel like with Carolina, you get a sense of what they're going to be pretty quickly in a game. And this game started out awfully for them. We should mention, obviously, that it, it baffled the, the broadcast team and us, the viewer, to have Derek Anderson come out for the first snap and you know, lift the ball to Mike Tolbert, who it goes off his fingers and it gets picked off by Michael Morgan of the Seahawks. Is What is Derek Anderson doing out there? It's not as if they had Cam Newton out wide in some sort of a trick play. You find out later that he was essentially did not start the game and would not have probably played that whole first drive if it had gone on longer for a dress code violation. This is going to be easily my least favorite story of the year. <laughs> it's it's yeah. insane. Well, you you already had a Twitter account follow you, Cam Newton's tie. Uh, it, there was a report from yeah, a local reporter you. that uh, it was because he didn't wear a tie. We'll, we'll wait and hear from Ron Rivera and Cam Newton. That's going to happen after we tape this, but – it's a weird look. I mean, it's the I know I know it's a dress if it's really a dress code violation, he's the MVP of the league. It's just it's a weird it's a weird thing. This whole thing's the whole Panthers falling apart's a little weird. They have not handled If Mike Tolbert catches that ball, nobody's talking about it. Well, I don't know. Because I mean, it's I think, not as big of a deal, really. To I me, mean, it certainly set the tone in an ugly way for them, but I think it's, I disagree. It's That's a, a weird st- punishment. On, in a nationally televised game, I just think it was it was you're drawing attention to yourself. To me, you don't do that unless it's an accumulation of things. To me, it would be a story because have you ever seen Tom Brady or Russell Wilson bench for disciplinary reasons in the first quarter? It, it, it it's a it's an odd thing, and this team has not handled facing adversity. It feels like well. something they've you got, see in college football. They've gotten pushed around a little bit, and it feels like they're caving a little. I mean, don't don't suspend him or punish him for not wearing a tie. Punish him for that outfit he wore that looked like a pink <laughs> ladies coat with uh, loafers and no socks and pedal pushers pants. All okay. right, we're officially putting Wes. He's going to be in at 8 in the morning. He told me tomorrow there's going to be a lot of follow-up to this story. Wes, you are the Cam Newton dress code violation wow. beat writer. His whole life is a dress code violation. <laughs> and uh, With that, I think we're putting this one to bed. The Panthers are done. Uh, Seattle, moving on. Big win. It was a fun show. And uh, I think that's it, Sydney. Is that, is that the way I just kind of cue you to set it up here? Yeah, let's get out of here. For uh, for the entire Hansis clan, the old Zeuser, Keith Hansis, Deborah Hansis. The eldest Zeuser. The Sizzler. The Scientist. <laughs> and myself. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.